0: is your host Darren Hood. Thank you for taking the time to join me on today and as always a special welcome to those of you who are listening to the podcast for the very first time. This is episode 98. We are almost at the milestone. We have two milestones coming up. One is the 100th episode of the World of UX and the second milestone is our two-year anniversary which will take place sometime in may so i want to give another special round of thanks to those of you who take the time to listen to the podcast to those of you who understand what we're saying and to those of you who take the time to engage in critical thinking so that you can understand what it is that we're presenting as opposed to drowning in anchoring bias or confirmation bias or things of that nature because when somebody is saying something you don't think is in alignment with what you already believe when somebody is saying something that contradicts what you already heard it can be a challenge to embrace it I totally understand that but I hope that people do understand where we're coming from I hope that people do take the time to at least examine what we're saying instead of firing back at us blindly I hope you take the time because I know that a lot of things that we that we say are not popular and I say that to preface what's about to happen. This is probably going to be, this episode is probably going to be the least, how can I say, the least popular, <laughs> the most stirring, the most agitative. I'm letting you know now. This is going to be a challenge for many. Now You've already clicked on the link on the, website where you access the podcast. So you already know what I'm going to get into. But let me give you the preface before we get into it. Many of you have heard me talk about UX history and give you a very high level historic overview of user experience. So I'm going to start there. We know that in the early to mid 1990s, about 93 or so, we know that uh, Don Norman held the position, the first position in the history of the UX discipline that we know of, where user experience was a part of a person's job title. He was a user experience architect for Apple, and he was working on not apps, not websites. He was working on hardware, Uh, ironically, even though a few years later, everything shifted and the focus was on websites. And then about 10 years after that or so, the shift went over to apps and mobile experiences and things of that nature. But in the early days, the first real mainstream entry, the first real mainstream presence of user experience was represented by what we know as information architecture. The vast majority of UX professionals came to be known as UX professionals those folks were known as information architects. There were also some human-computer interaction folks, a splattering of those folks. There was a group of uh, interaction designers, but for the most part, most folks were information architects. When you fast forward into the mid-2000s, you start to see, again, still a large group, and the vast majority of us were still information architects it shortly shifted shortly thereafter shifted where you had user experience designers user experience architect and in those days you didn't have any specializations if you were an information architect that's what you were entitled you were called that entitled however when it came to the daily work we did usability engineering we worked on heuristics or we we heuristics informed our design or helped us to evaluate what was going on of course we did information architecture we engaged in several types of research and we did the interaction design and a lot of us did interface design also fast forward a few years after that to about 2011 this is after the the discipline pretty much exploded and A lot of corporations were bringing UX positions in-house, and there was a shortage of people to do the work, and a lot of people started really sort of manufacturing paths to get into UX about that time. It wasn't until 2011 or 2012 that we started to see the beginning of specializations in UX. Ironically, it was in 2011, about thereabout, when... UX boot camps started to come on the scene to help to fill the shortage of qualified people to get into these UX roles through education. A lot of people wanted to learn about UX. They wanted to learn how to do UX. And a lot of these people did not want to engage in a master's program or a four-year degree program. What can I do to learn in the meantime, and so boot camps from a, a, a really a, an economic perspective, supply and demand, a lot of the boot camps rose up to help to provide education to fill these roles. I'm not going to get into the boot camp, of course, uh, on, on a, from a deep perspective here tonight, but again, trying to set the stage to point something out. When these specializations started to come up, you started to see people who were doing nothing but research or their focal point was research. You started to see people who were doing a lot of different things in the UX spectrum. But some of these things, some of these positions that came out of this this part of the the beginning of the wild wild west as I like to call it and it was also an overlap with the gold rush where a lot of people were rushing to get UX jobs without being qualified, even willing to misrepresent who they were to get a lot of these jobs. One of the things that came out of this, this age was the, the evolution of positions that really were a misrepresentation of what UX was. And a lot of people were willing to do anything they could to get into the discipline. And that included, uh, and this was not all the fault of the people, And really not talking about fault, but I'm talking about it from a point of origination. It wasn't, how can we say, it couldn't be attributed to people who were coming out of this first one I'm going to talk about, the one I'm going to talk about tonight. It didn't come from the copywriters alone. Some copywriters wanted to get in the UX and they rebranded themselves as UX writers. And then there was other people that just felt that, well, maybe some of this writing needs to be done, some of these different things need to be done, and we can bring these people in, and we'll just call them UX writers. The the evolution of the UX writer came from a lot of really awkward, and I'm going to refer to them as non-authoritative places, but it continued. It, it started small, of course. It continued to grow and grow and grow, and now... Pretty much almost everywhere you look, you will see positions referred to as UX writers. Now, I performed a, a search on Glassdoor, ironically, just looking for a UX writer or UX writer jobs. It, it may be different when by the time you perform the search, but when I perform the search, I only found one job that really was speaking about a UX writer. There were more quote-unquote UX writer jobs on LinkedIn. I didn't bother going to Indeed because I did what I wanted to do to accomplish what I want to address in this particular, what I know is going to be a very unpopular episode for many, but we're not here to be popular. We're here to represent the discipline. We're here to help people grow in the discipline the right way. And and the things that I say and do, I've, I've said this, I don't know how many times before. This is about helping the discipline go forward. When we highlight things that are not truly representative of the discipline, when we encourage, promote, or foster things that do not properly represent the discipline, it is to the detriment of the discipline. I said that to say this. Folks, tonight's topic is the fallacy of UX writing. And I want to spend some time showing you what UX writing is or what people claim. And I'm doing it by looking at a definition from one authoritative source, as well as several job postings to show you what people think UX writing is. And then I want to show you what people who are trying to fill UX writing positions, what they say the responsibilities are. But I'm going to give you a little bit of the end from the beginning. You already know part of it because of the title of this episode, The Fallacy of UX Writing. I just gave you a little history, right? In those years about 2011 to 2018 in particular, actually it's from 2011 to 2022. It, It runs through till today. For some reason, we all started out, the vast majority of us, started out as information architects. However, for some reason, information architecture was not being included in a lot of educational programs, whether it was a four-year program, a master's program, a, a certificate program for UX, boot camps, I don't care what it was. Information architecture, even though it is a core component of the user experience discipline because its product, its main product is findability, and because findability is a part of every user experience, it is extremely ironic, and I talked about this in a talk that I've delivered a few times. It's called Long Live IA, and it talks about how the emphasis on and recognition of information architecture all but practically vanished. There are very few programs where people give information architecture the coverage that it should have. Programs will mention information architecture, but it really doesn't get any any coverage. There was a person who that I spoke with. I spoke with several people actually who said this, but one person in particular said it best that they went through a boot camp. And all they did was mention information architecture like it was an aside and then just never gave it any attention again. So information architecture, which for the most part consists of nomenclature, how you label things, taxonomies, how you group things. And those two things establish what we call an information set so that people, when they're looking for something, they get cues as to the best place to find what it is they're looking for, or the best ways to help them complete tasks. Now, information architecture was overlooked. Information architecture was pushed to the side. That has been going on since about 2011, folks. And isn't it ironic that as information architecture was pushed to the side, one of the positions that rose up was that of UX writing. Now, let me give you a definition, and all of this will make sense later if it doesn't already make sense. Let me give you a definition. This definition is on Coursera. Coursera had an article where they talk about what UX writing really is. The, uh, the article is actually called What's a UX Writer, or What is a UX Writer? And they say, a user experience writer creates copy for apps, websites, and other digital products that help users navigate the product. This is a direct quote, folks. This is exactly how it's worded on the site. A UX writer might find the words for menus, definitions, buttons, labels, chatbots, and error messages, or the instructions to guide first-time users through a product. The small pieces of writing, which is collectively called microcopy. An effective UX writer will create microcopy that is intuitive to users in keeping with the product's brand voice and easily understood by most anybody, including people of different abilities, ages, gender identities, and backgrounds. Ahem. <laughs> um Folks, everything that Coursera described here, I want you to think about something for a minute. Who do you think did this work? There were no UX writers. This position did not exist prior to 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. There were no UX writers, folks, at all. You, you, you're not going to find it anywhere. So if that's the case, who did that work in 2008? Who did that work in 2005? Who did that work in 2002? Everything that I just listed, all critical components, Right. Who did the work in 1999? Who did the work in 1997? And remember, UX started to become mainstream as the internet rose to prominence, as it became more popular and everybody rushed to the internet. So who did that work? I'll tell you who did that work. Information architects. Another position I did not mention so far, content strategists people who were actually working on the websites working on the apps working on the web pages every single solitary thing that I just mentioned was done by information architects content strategists and in some cases were done by copywriters and then the copywriters would work with the content strategist or the information architect or in later years the user experience architect or the user experience designer would also were responsible for doing this work, not UX writers. So that if that's the case. what in the world is a UX writer? and and what purpose does it have and, and this sort of is what I was getting at a little earlier. this speaks to the fact that the UX writer, the rise of this position, it is a fallacy. And not only is it a fallacy but it's contributing to the demise of the discipline, in that, think about it, and, and you if you if you're already shocked, wait till you hear what the descriptions are, the job descriptions that I have to share with you here in a few moments. Can anybody write for to do this type of thing for forty hours in a week or thirty five, whatever your week is? And the answer is no. Copywriters had enough work to keep them busy. But they, were do, they weren't just working for or uh, creating copy for websites. They were working on print materials. They were working on all kinds of stuff. I know some great copywriters. I've met and have worked with great copywriters over the years. And I also have been responsible for writing and massaging copy the information architects write the calls to action. The information architects help to, to outline and to provide best practices for what column headings should be and naming things within the, within the navigation, all information architecture, interaction design, UX architect, UX designer work. The rise of the UX writer for the most part, it appears to be connected to. People who are trying to enter into UX from copywriting. When really, just move the copywriter over to the UX team. You don't have to change the title. They're still doing copywriting, but the copywriter was never responsible for coming up with labeling for navigation. The copywriter was never responsible for doing the the work on the calls to action and making sure that the buttons have the right label, microcopy, things of that nature. That was not the responsibility in my career. And I have been across the entire spectrum. I've worked all the way up to the Fortune 50. I've worked at large, not just any base creative agencies. I've worked at large creative agencies and they always had copywriters and the copywriters would work with the people such as myself who were doing the UX work, but we didn't hand it off to them and then have nothing to do with it. So in this age where we have UX being under siege, as I've been saying this since 2012, UX has been under siege where people are sort of pressing their way into positions, falsely representing who they are to get positions, trying to redefine positions, trying to make, uh, senior UXers irrelevant all to make themselves relevant. All of these things. This is all part of the siege. This is all part of the siege. Now, somebody is saying, you know, uh, uh Darren, I, I, I'm a UX writer and I don't appreciate what you're saying because what you're saying is true. I don't have a job. Hold on to your horses. You haven't heard my whole statement. You're going to hear as I wrap up what it is that I propose for the discipline. So I might as well say a little bit right here. I'm not saying to get rid of all the UX writers. I'm saying that UX writers need to be restored to another position. UX writers, take your rightful place as information architects. Take your rightful place as content strategists. That's what you really are. But but UX writers, we have to stop making up titles in the world of UX. We have to stop misrepresenting who we are people have to stop trying to get into ux positions and roles by any means necessary because that's how stuff like this happens and some of these people at the c-suite level some of these people at higher up leadership know and understand that there is not going to be any copy for the websites that needs to be worked on for a full work day or work week. It just doesn't take that long to come up with the right calls to action, to come up with the right labels for things. It, it simply doesn't. And so I'm letting you know that you're setting yourself up for a very rude awakening if if people continue to go in this direction and more and more companies are, are embracing it. I actually had a person once, I worked at a company, I give you this story and then let's get into the job descriptions. I worked at a company where there was a a technical writer those are other people who are getting in on this by the way and the technical writer wanted to she came to the UX team because she wanted to be a part she of the UX team she was taking a class that I was teaching about UX she was excited about UX that's all fine and dandy but as many people who get into UX do they try to get places too fast they they're they're not satisfied with the the snail's pace in their mind at, at which things are progressing and so she wanted to transition into UX and so she went to somebody else on the team that person said they thought it was a good idea uh so let me talk to our team lead and the team lead uh said wow this sounds okay but you know what I think we should talk to Darren and so I was brought into the conversation and I let them know Absolutely not. For many of the same reasons that I'm sharing right now, I have no problem with you being on the team, but don't be a. You don't need to be a technical writer. And we went through this long, drawn out conversation. And they said, "Well, what do you think my title should be?" I said, "Well, what's your title now? Technical writer. And what are you doing right now? Technical writing." I said, "Well, then your title should be technical writer." There are so many people that just want to get UX in their title. They want to be a part of the team. It's the sexy job. When in fact, people are getting into UX and they're not doing UX work. People want UX jobs, but they don't want to really do UX work. They want to have the association, but when it, they don't want to have the responsibility. And that's a problem. Folks, it's a problem for the discipline. It's a problem for the individuals. You're going to run into, I'm not the only person out here that's loud and, and and sharing information like this, just hard truths that people don't want to embrace. And, and, and it's going to eat at you because you're, con- you're going to continue to try to force your way. And the thing is, you're going to run into somebody who outranks me, somebody who outranks the other people that are trying to call these things out. And they're not going to tolerate what they know is a complete contradiction of logic when it comes to this whole UX writing thing. Really, a UX writer plans and writes the microcopy and apps, websites, and other digital products that people need to navigate a product? Information architects, folks. Folks rendered information architects invisible and then it resurfaces this way? No, I for one, I'm not gonna stand by and watch it happen. I'm gonna be vocal about it and some people are not gonna be happy about it, but you know what? That's just the way it is. Um, and I'm going to continue to share truths. And so are, are you ready? Let, let's move. Let's move. You ready to hear some job descriptions? You're ready to hear some interesting takes on this. Let's go right down the line. And here's one for a big company. I'm going to leave the company names out of this, but it's really sad to see companies that are getting involved because again, nobody's taking a stance for the way things are supposed to be. There's a lot of cowardice. In UX today, some people don't want to take a stand. Some people know that they don't have the knowledge to take a stand, so they just rather just everybody, let's just do it by consensus. And consensus never achieved excellence, and it will not achieve excellence now. But at any rate, here's what one company said the responsibilities were for a UX writer. If you're a UX writer at this company, you'll be responsible for designing, creating, and delivering content that increases user understanding while meeting business objectives. I'm going to say this now. I want to interject something. You're going to find a lot of these descriptions that I'm that I'm going to read off here very, very, very vague. They, they're not really very clear, and a lot of them say absolutely nothing about writing. You're going to find out. Notice that there was nothing about writing here. That line describes what a content strategist does. But, UX writing? No. And this was for a senior UX writer on a global team, you know, so go figure. But that doesn't change the truth of the matter. Next thing it says, your responsibility will be to simplify, reduce cognitive load, um, good, good buzzword slinging there, and use plain language to reduce noise for our users. Work with designers to establish workflows, content architecture, and user journeys. That's the job of the UX designer, the UX architect, the interaction designer, and information architects, not the writer. Not the writer, folks. Next, evaluating the effectiveness of our tools, architecture, and customer experience from a content lens. Folks, that's the work of a content strategist. And the last one they have on this job, you need to be ready to define best practices for user interface copy deliver copy and content in product and assist others in writing best in class copy for our products. That's the job of the copywriter and you don't turn, they don't um, magically turn into a UX writer just because you put them on the UX team. Then you're just going to throw the acronym UX up there and everything is fine. This position is an act of misdirection at best. And, And misdirection is also something that's happening quite a bit in UX today. The next job, it says, responsibilities, partner closely with clinicians, therapists, and health coaches to create, here comes that word again, content that helps people understand what's holding them back, shift their beliefs and behaviors, and accept the making lasting changes in an, is an ongoing process. Again, for the most part, vague colorful marketing oriented language uh but it doesn't really let you know what in the world is coming on nor does it illustrate that having a ux writer is critical because basically what they're talking about here is done by a content strategist uh your responsibility is to champion clear compelling language and push back on messaging that may confuse or overwhelm people looking for help that's the job of the ux professionals at large not a writer Folks, the the architect. I've been an architect. I've been a designer. It's it was all this is always our job to do. We don't need a writer to come in. That that was not adding anything to the team uh, to do that. Matter of fact, I was responsible for taking the things that copywriters wrote and make sure that that the user experience was appropriate. But we, we didn't need to have them on our team. They gave us the writing and we we did the, we did our work and everybody went their separate ways when all was said and done. Next responsibility, set the vision for content-driven user experiences and work with others on the team to iterate toward that vision. Again, the work of a content strategist. I'm going to move on to another. I have so many here and I'm just going to uh, pull some of these out for you to look at. It's really, really sad that, and it speaks to the user. Experience maturity level of the discipline at large when positions that do not exist are already accounted for uh, and somebody just basically created another seat at the UX table just to give someone the satisfaction of having a seat. But the work was already being done unless there was a UX maturity level issue in the company and when there is a UX maturity level issue in a company, those are the companies most likely to allow for a full position to be established. And that's what happened in all of these cases. And some people sit, sit this figure, they're not going to fight against it. They don't care. And they're going to just go ahead and let you have your way, uh, which leaving people like me to come and clean the mess up. Uh, and that's where we are here. Let's look at uh, two or three more and we'll call it call it a day here. Another company, that will remain anonymous. Uh, This role will report to the copy director on the design and creative team. Your responsibility will be to write clear, concise, and on-brand copy through our end-to-end service. Uh, That can be done by somebody on the marketing team, not necessarily a UX writer, but somebody on the marketing teams you're worried about it matching with brand uh, then somebody over there will take care of that they can bounce it off of the ux people when they're said and done you need to be ready to create a consistent product narrative across all customer touch points ranging from landing pages and user flows to apps sms and more again the work of content strategists or people on the marketing team You need to be ready to launch great digital experiences that are functional, easy to use, and informed by data and research. That is the job of the UX designer and architect and some content strategists, not a writer, folks. You need to be a champion of the brand voice by collaborating with stakeholders to ensure consistency in brand messaging, voice and tone, and how we sound. That is the job of the copywriter. So I'm going to shift to another one. One of the things that I'm on record for saying, and I'm going to repeat it here, is that there are a lot of copywriters that are frustrated with UX professionals today and how we've allowed this this UX writer thing to come into play because some of the UX writer positions that have come up have actually taken jobs away from the copywriters. And really all you needed to do Worst case scenario was to move the copywriter over to the UX team and let them keep their their to let them keep their title, and, and but th- still the thing is, is there enough copy to keep them busy to the point where you're going to take them away from working on print or things other than the digital experiences, and and you know there are some people who who have answers for that one, but uh, I'm just taking a stance against it today this is this is not needed and it's creating a lot of problems today and and every time i say that there's a problem being created in ux there's always a large group of people who want to ignore what i'm saying only for that same thing to come to fruition later and and this needs to change and i will reiterate what i'm recommending at the end of all this but let's get through two more of these and and that's it um two more descriptions not two more bullet points you need to have a good understanding next job of UX writing principles and processes. That's interesting because basically speaking, they they don't exist. Way to go. Uh will champion the comp, the copy craft and write copy that's true to our brand voice. That sounds like one from one of the other ones. That's the responsibility of marketing. That's not the responsibility of the UX team. So, uh that is, that one is another misdirected misdirected item. Uh, you have to be comfortable with presenting your work and explaining your thinking. Um, that's that's really awkward that that's even here uh, because that is a given. You don't even need to mention that. And then the last one that I want to go through, and this one is for a UX writer slash content designer. They, they're they even confused and are mixing them up. I almost sound like UX UI on that one because that's really uh, what they're doing. They don't say much of anything about writing in this entire job description, but I will call out three particular things. Our growing user experience team is seeking a passionate and talented content designer, not writer, to create customer-facing user interfaces across multiple brands and digital platforms. Folks, UX writers don't create interfaces. This is, this one is really a mess. Oh, and I forgot to mention, this is already a problem in the UX world at large. The vast majority of UX job descriptions are just plain awful they're they're not clear they they are very confusing to people who who look at them people apply because it matches them only to get a an email telling them that they don't match what we're looking for even though you matched everything in the job description and and one company they'll tell you they don't know how to write the job description but they'll go and copy someone else's job description so the quote-unquote disease of poorly written job descriptions just gets carried over and over and over from job to job to job and to company to company to company. Uh, This one is the only one I've seen like this, uh, but it is really confusing and you can see it. Next, it says, as a content designer, you would collaborate with designers, researchers, technologists, and business stakeholders to craft meaningful experiences for our customers through thoughtful design. Again, nothing to do with writing whatsoever and the last one content designers will support multidisciplinary teams focused on translating human needs into viable product concepts using iterative human-centered design again absolutely nothing to do with writing and there's a whole list of other things here and and only one of them says something about writing but for the most part by the time you get there nothing about writing has been mentioned so it's really 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 confusing folks UX writing is a fallacy, and I propose three different options for UX writers. And again, no UX writer needs to lose their job. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying we need to write the ship. I understand the situations. I understand how these positions came about, but I have a fix. So again, three options. Number one, UX writers could become information architects. Where they are now, it makes more sense to people who are deep diving your job responsibilities and looking how at how you operate. They will say, hey, well, the person is looking at labels. They are naming things. They are trying to make sure that the information that is presented is proper. Uh, the information architect is an information scientist and basically looking to make sure that the copy and the information on the page, the findability is optimized, that the nomenclatures are solid, that the taxonomies are solid, that the information sense are are, are established properly, and that everything is labeled in a way that makes user experiences easy, that person fits on the team, they provide a much needed service, and, and, and they don't create ambiguity through a title. And for some of these people, Maybe all you need to do is just change the title, but that would help because UX writer is confusing. And a lot of people won't tell you that. So I'm telling you <laughs> that it is confusing people and we need to do something about it. Cause I don't think people want to reap the whirlwind on this number two. Enter the world of content strategy. Uh, And of course, this is going to depend upon where a person works and the type of work an individual is doing. But a lot of people that are calling themselves UX writers today are actually more content strategists. So in order to move in that direction, read up on content strategy. Look at what content strategists do. They do a little bit more than what UX writers do, but it makes a lot of sense. There's definitely enough work to keep you busy during a 40-hour work week, and now the value proposition and the title are more in alignment, and it doesn't create any confusion for the discipline, and people who are already confused and trying to understand who we are will have an easier time when our job titles make sense. Option number three, all UX writers should convert into UX specialists. In other words, the UX writers should become generalists. Some of these descriptions that I read, they sound more like generalists. When you're looking at trying to address the user experience at large, you might focus on things that are associated with copy and things of that nature, but all of these job descriptions are talking about things well beyond that. If you're a generalist, which is something that went away around 2011, that would lend a lot of power to your structure. It allows you for more personal growth in your career. It gives you a better target and ability to improve your skill, your knowledge, and your acumen. And again, as with the other two options, you're not breeding confusion and ambiguity into the discipline, and leaving messes for people like me to come along and have to clean up. Folks, UX writing is a fallacy, but it can be repaired. There is a fix. There is something that we can do, and I hope that people are aligned with what I'm doing, that I'm trying to address things for the good of the discipline. This is not for me. It might affect me in some way form or fashion but for the most part it affects the entire discipline so i hope that folks have a heart for the discipline and are not just in it for what and how it benefits you on an individual level because every ux professional impacts the discipline at large no matter what you do where you do it and how you do it you impact the discipline so let's be committed to impacting the discipline for its good and that benefits everybody say it with me ux writing is a fallacy folks let's write the ship okay let's write the ship so that's all the time that we have for today this is the host of the world of ux darren hood signing off happy uxing everybody Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.